And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we begin a Tuesday. Gary, how are you? Doing good. I'm just looking here because, you know, the debt ceiling is, uh, you know, the one of the one of the big things being talked about here and uh Looking at the latest poll saying a majority of likely voters in the United States say they would prefer having the government shut down to having Congress approve more spending. The Rasmussen reports poll indicated that 56 percent of respondents would rather have a partial government shutdown until Congress can cut spending or keep it the same. And only 34 percent said they would rather see the opposite higher spending levels to avoid a government shutdown. Yeah, and then uh, we can ask those same people, what programs should we cut? I I hope it's right. Well, I hope it's, I would love to thing. be wrong this time. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> um, there, there is no, there, there's no loud cry for cuts. So we have to go back to the fact that um, many people, millions of people can't name the three branches of government. So when you say to someone... Congress and their spending. What comes to their mind? Because if you start saying we want to cut school lunch programs, then everybody shouts no. And then the next day they'll tell you school lunch programs are a waste. And the next day you'll come back and say we should cut school lunch programs if they're a waste. And they'll say, no. I really hope that we're learning something. I just don't have the confidence that we are. Reading here from Newt Gingrich. Here's how Republicans win the debt ceiling debate. Yes, it's possible. But he just gives all the polling. Is what he does. Uh, Further, as it, by the way. He's the one that sat on the bench I with, was Nancy, just say, with, with Nancy Pelosi advocating, telling your government to do something on climate change. Which and is, you see all the money that's been spent on climate change. Right. Well, no, I mean, you know, the uh, 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 the uh, former vice president, Al Gore, 
Captain Climate just said it at the WEF. Well, we had the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, but it's really it's the Climate Change Act. Overwhelmingly, Americans believe government is too large and wasteful and spending can be cut. Uh, as uh, the America's new majority project found in January of last year, by 58% to 26% Americans say cutting wasteful spending and corruption would be enough to balance the federal budget. Mm-hmm. Are they right on that? No. No, they're not right on that. The Americans are wrong on that. Cutting wasteful spending and corrupt depends. What's wasteful spending? Well, no. See, what this is, is what I mean. What, what does that mean? Because you know, I in in my mind, I'm visioning, and I, and I really hope I'm wrong about this, but I don't think I am. But in my mind, I have this vision of people going. You know, you you go up to them. Should they cut their wasteful spending? Yes, they don't need to be spending all that money on their offices and whatnot. They're spending money on too many things. And and in their mind, they have all these things that, and, and by the way, I'd be with them on trimming any fat from the budget. That's not the biggest problem. The biggest oh. problem is, and, and this is why the follow-up needs to be done from here on in, if you're talking to anybody on the street about the budget, you ask them, then what needs to be cut? And and we already hit the first one, foreign aid. Right. Cut all foreign aid. Would that Inevitably, would, that's the first one right. people say, foreign aid, we don't need to be. And then ask them, how much do we spend in foreign aid a year on the average? Right. And they'll probably say, oh, a trillion dollars. No. Not even close. No. No, I think, what was it? 60-something. So, yeah, we looked at it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, 60 yeah. 67 or or 60 something mm-hmm. uh you know a billion which right. remember you, the wall was only going to cost 25 billion right <laughs> <laughs> uh they also found 70% of Americans think we should have a constitutional amendment to require a balanced budget that includes 67% of democrats 70% of independents 74% of republicans Sixty-six percent of black voters, sixty-two percent of Latino voters. It doesn't get more popular than this. Mm. And finally, a Scott Rasmussen National Survey found forty-five percent of Americans think that uh, we should uh, only raise a debt ceiling if there are cuts to spending. Twenty-four percent said we should raise a debt limit with no cuts. Sixteen percent said it shouldn't be raised at all. Important, uh, importantly, warning people of bad economic impacts if the debt ceiling is not increased has nearly no impact on the opinions. It has on every single debt ceiling debate that has happened since I've been doing talk radio. Yeah. I hope, I hope the public has changed completely on this. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm wrong. That would be the best. I would be so happy to come on the air in another two months. And say, look at the polling. They're sticking with, they're blaming the Democrats. They're blaming the Democrats. They're blaming the Democrats, right? Because well, that, that's yeah. what you would think. You're the right. polling won't right. tell me as much as actual cuts will. And in, in, in seeing where that momentum is on Capitol Hill. Right, because you know at that point on Capitol Hill, if they're 
Democrats are willing to negotiate, then the pressure is there. Right. But if it's not, then they believe they've won. They've won it in their internal polls. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would be, and I know you would be too. We would be the happiest people in the universe, mm-hmm. not just on the planet. The entire universe, whatever life forms exist out there, anywhere where that radio signal was heard from yeah. eighty trillion years ago. Right. I may be exaggerating the time span of that a little bit. It was only seventy six trillion. <laughs> where do you get off? We, be that your hyperbole. I would never be so happy to be wrong on this. Problem is, we're not wrong because we'll you start going door to door. And you start saying we're going to cut programs, and people start screaming. Don't cut things that affect me. Well, it all affects you. And as we've stated already with, and this is something the public has, our listeners do, but the public has no idea that roughly by the time we get to October of next year, Mm. the interest rate alone, the interest will be, Think about this. We talk about 67 or whatever, 60-something billion yeah. on foreign aid a year. The, the, actual de- the actual interest on the debt could be 800 or $900 billion, closing in on a trillion dollars. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, it was $250 billion. We may be up $500 yeah. billion from pre-COVID, $500 billion on interest payments alone that's every single year you know what scares me about that part of it the most after this weekend or i guess it was friday larry summers and what he said he wasn't just talking about the fed and the interest rates he was basically saying and by the way this was a uh, obama era economic advisor uh, but a guy who warned the democrats not to spend that that it would catapult us into massive, massive inflation. And it did. And the one thing that he said was not just that uh, here in the U.S., the Fed, you know, should get above 5% if they're going to be serious, but that all the central banks should remain serious and not give in. He sounded like And I didn't hear all of his comments because I only read a few articles on it. He sounded like he was concerned that the feds would lower interest rates at some point in the next couple of years. They would start to reduce Mm -hmm. the interest rates. Right. Because if you do that, you don't care about inflation. And he's right. It would throw us back because he also said, uh, you know, the, the, the problem with this is that we go back into 70s-era inflation, where it's here for years. Yeah, a decade. Yeah. Yeah, it's... So, look, I, I just... Uh, this, this is the discussion now. You saw, I saw the Politico. Uh, I think Top Story said, Republican senators say, okay, Kevin McCarthy, this is in your ballpark now. Yeah, right. You do this. Right. And and so, I mean, I don't know. And when Here's the thing that nobody is discussing. And that's why we mentioned the interest rate. If we're spending four or five hundred billion more this this coming fiscal year or the next fix, fiscal year starting in October, right there, if you keep the budget the same, you've got to cut five hundred billion dollars right. a year, yeah. five or six hundred billion dollars a year. Where do you cut? Right. 
Well, I don't, I, I, you know, it's, you want, you want to stop wasteful spending? The only way you're going to stop wasteful spending is to take the ability of the federal government to do it because you get much better spending at state and local levels. Yeah. But as long as the federal government, as long as you give the federal government the ability to be, uh, I guess, involved in spending money that originally was never anticipated in this country early on, the role of the federal government expanding, you're never going to be able to cut out the wasteful spending. No. You cut out right. the wasteful spending by having local governments do more. Right. Or be responsible for those things, and then you decide in your state or your locality whether you want it or not. Well, you heard Schumer in recent days over the whole debt ceiling debate. You know, this idea of not raising the debt ceiling is dangerous. It's outrageous. We said years ago, just raise it to $100 trillion. If we're going to go, let's go. Because nobody's going to have a serious conversation about cuts. And until we do, what's the point? It's all for show. You're going to tap the brakes and go, oh, oh I'm, for, I'm for this and I'm for that. And nothing happens. Well, even when you got a few, when we got a few cuts back in 2012, did it stop the expansion of government nope. in any way? Nope. No. Is there any long-term plan? Nope. No. No, you, you, and, and, you and the, can't get and, there. And here's the thing. We've been, we've been doing this long enough where we've been through <laughs> debt ceiling raises over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, we've been through it all, and it's worse than it's ever been before. Yeah, and I'm not saying that the Republicans are wrong for doing what they're doing, but you need to have the long term commitment to do it on spending. Now they claim they do. I mean, one of the things they came up with was 2022 levels for the next ten years. That is not going to happen. No, it isn't. You, what you mean is cuts. Because yeah, the interest cut. rates are jumping, as we mentioned, the interest rates are jumping, and inflation is jumping. Inflation too. is jumping. You're not, and it's it's not going to work. Right. This thing is so fat and bloated. Brendan Fraser is considering playing it in a movie. <laughs> I didn't even recognize that. It. Would make me cry, <laughs> and it just might before the show's over. Uh, we. We got a great show ahead. 86690 Red Eye. Starting and charging system related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Have your electrical system checked by a certified technician. If your vehicle begins to shut down electrical loads like radios and cab lights while in operation, this is a surefire sign that you're experiencing low battery voltage and continuing to run on these conditions can lead to additional electrical systems shutting down. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, if you'd like to uh, get into the show, another zoo <laughs> at the White House yesterday. I mean, there are so many stories out there. I mean, it's just 
Yeah, no, it's it, it. I mean, it's it's just. I mean, just, let me just read some of the headlines. We'll get we'll okay. get into some of the stories more specifically. All right. White House rep lashes out at reporters say they want attention in classified document scandal. Mm-hmm. White House, we're not going to talk about if Biden might have more documents. Another one. We won't say how Biden ended up with documents because the Department of Justice will answer that. (laughs) You know, it's like I said yesterday. If look, if you want to find out the truth, just wait. Biden just keeps it's like he's just throwing things at the media every day. It's only a matter of time. You know, I keep expecting somebody to be like at the Wilmington house, you know, out out front saying, okay, we've searched property and uh, uh, everything is, is fine now. And we, one of Biden's lawyers or something. And then in the background in the garage, you see Biden come out of the house and he's got like files and, and, and boxes and everything. And he just kind of drops them and they fall everywhere. This is the kind of bungling and botching that only Joe Biden could do. And, man, it gets worse every single day because he's got the most incompetent staff. It really is mind-boggling. You think she's quiet quitting? Because that would have started from day one. If that's what's happening here. You mean Corrine Jean-Pierre? Yeah. You think she's quiet quitting? Because she, if she is, then she started day one. Why try? Well, you're just going to have to write the the answers in a book for me. Well, you see, they have that was Ian Sands out there mm. doing a bunch of, but he's no better. He's not any better. He's not, no. he's not any better. It's no. like he may be smoother, but he's saying the exact same thing, and everybody's figured that out. Right. Yep. You know, there is, there really is no way out of this. Which is why I think Ron claims like. Uh, yeah, I got to go. Chief of Staff, uh, I was reading where um, Zions, they were, uh, Zions is the uh, supposedly, reportedly, the new Chief of Staff coming in. And they, someone was scrubbing his Wikipedia page, scrubbing all the corporate work that he's done. Get that off of there. We can't have him working for corporate America. It's just, this is just the, you know, the the chaos that would come naturally with with Joe Biden being president. We shouldn't be surprised. And the chaos won't stop. Not for another uh, two years. Hey, but the good news is we're over halfway done now. (laughs) Maybe. Just love this from the New York Post. The Justice Department is considering additional searches. What do you mean considering? Yeah. What's Hmm. taking you so long? You've known about this since November. Yeah. When I saw that, you know, you know what I what came to mind? It's exactly what I thought it was. They're not considering. They're negotiating. I think that's what exactly what's going on here with all along. The fact that the University of Pennsylvania documents were found early November and that the Wilmington house wasn't even searched until December 20th 
tells me it took that long to convince Joe, you've got to let us look. And then after that, when the DOJ decided recently that they've got to have at least one search, they've got to be able to tell the American people that they've conducted their own search, that that negotiating probably took a while. With a, I, yeah. I, I would think with a sitting president, it would anyway, but I think... I think they're having to negotiate with them. Story came out yesterday that the personal attorney uh, checked the beach house but found nothing. Oh. You're a threat to democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. <laughs> and he, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866 Ninety uh, red eye. Well, Corrine uh, Jean Pierre was at it again yesterday, wasn't she? She was. When you and the White House and the President all say that the President takes these classified documents very seriously, without commenting on the ongoing uh, legal issue, what would you point us to that would demonstrate that seriousness? I'm going to really refer you to the White House Counsel's office. <laughs> I, I am. I'm going. I. I, I am. So the president continues to say he takes this well, seriously, I, and you can't demonstrate wait, how he takes it seriously. On, I, let me just finish. Let me finish my answer. I'm gonna. I'm gonna refer you to the White House Counsel's office, and I'm gonna refer you to uh, the statements that you've received. Uh, from his personal lawyer. Uh, I'm going to refer you to the 45 minutes of conversation of back and forth that my colleague has had with all of you last week. He's about to do another one where you can ask questions about this particular matter. And they uh, won't answer legal matter. <laughs> Yeah, and nobody will answer You it. can ask. <laughs> well, We're going to let you guys ask all the questions you want. I love how she goes, no, I'm going to refer you to, no, seriously, no, really this time. <laughs> I'm going to refer you to somebody else who's not going to answer your question either. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and this and time I mean it. What What more can we do? <laughs> it's just, I oh. don't, it, it, again, uh, there is, there's, there's no way around it. And the reason there's no way around it is because they rebuilt their non-answer along the way. That was mistake number one. We're following the process. We're going to respect the process. And because of that, we will not take any questions. Next. And then when someone asks a, a question about it, you shake your head no. Next. And you move on to the next right. person. But, but she, they, they yeah. kept breaking it up. And, and Biden was the first to destroy all that um, ability to do what I just did because he mentioned his personal lawyer's and he keeps talking. You know, he wants to shout, remember what he said. Hopefully, God willing, one day I'll be able to talk about this. What he's saying is, one day they'll they'll take my reins off. He doesn't like being controlled when he's going to the podium. He wasn't supposed to mention his personal lawyers that day. I'm convinced fully of that and he said god willing one day i'll be able to talk about it i love here where you have uh, now they've brought uh, ian sams out mm. uh you know now they they're like oh cream jean pierre is killing us so yeah. I mean, we yeah but we need to put ian sams out there but it, what does he do uh, he attacks the white house press corps 
is what he uh, yeah. he uh, does, accusing them of trying to stir up controversy to get attention or time on camera. Quote, I've certainly endeavored to give all of you in the press corps access to the information that you need. He's lying. I mean, that's absolutely, it's like, let's get somebody who is smoother at gaslighting. Yeah, right. Who doesn't need a binder to gaslight. Well, you know what I wondered? I thought to myself, you know, she's becoming viral. She's becoming a meme. Yeah. Do they think that if they throw him out there, they can just, you know, keep it from getting so viral? But I mean, everything yesterday, (laughs) I'm... You know, you and I are, it's, we pretty much work around the clock. It's, you know, yesterday afternoon, I'm following along with, uh, uh, Kevin Tober and a number of people, Kevin Tober over at Newsbusters and a number of people. And, and Tober follows along, uh, very closely. That's the job, uh, there at, uh, at Newsbusters. And he's posting a bunch of stuff from the, from the, uh, presser. And I thought to myself, there, there is no way to get a break. There is no way for them to back out of this now. They had a chance to build the proverbial wall around this thing and not have to address it by repeating a very short line over and over again, and they couldn't do it. And the reason they couldn't do it is because they can't control Biden and his mouth. Did she stop saying prudent yesterday? <laughs> I'm being prudent because remember that, that was the day. remember that yeah. was remember that was used against her. Yeah, if you were right. prudent, I went. Oh boy, the yeah. sarcasms Oof. coming out. And you saw Ducey. Yeah. We'll get that. We got to get that audio yeah. cut from Ducey. Yeah. yeah. Or said, so what four letter word did you say? Oh my mm. gosh, we have to get that. But Ian, <laughs> Ian Sam says, I have certainly endeavored to give you all in the press corps access to the information you need. Is that the truth from Ian Sam's from the White House, or is that a no. or is that gaslighting? As far as you can get, I mean, that's gaslighting to the point where everybody in the United States gets a gas stove and lights it. Yeah. That's the problem. If there's anything going on with the environment and gas, it's the gaslighting from this administration. You can blame Joe Biden for that if you're an activist. And now they're getting indignant. I've taken your questions a couple of times. I've made myself available for media interviews. But I won't answer any questions. That's right. He you goes, can ask. In every president, you know, there are many people out there in the media who are sort of trying to stir up controversy to get attention or time on camera. <laughs> Added Sams, who has functioned as the press rep for the White House Counsel's Office since the scandal broke on January 9th with the revelation that sensitive papers were found in Biden's abandoned office. Uh, since then, White House press corps has been in the state of near open revolt as press secretary Karine Jean-Pierre refers most reporters questions about the controversy to the White House counsel's office or the Justice Department. So Ian Sams is representing the White House counsel's office. Karine Jean-Pierre is saying, go to him, go to him. You get your, your questions answered. Mm-hmm. You go to him. He says, I can't answer your questions. And then he blames you for trying to showboat. The, the the White House press corps. It's your fault. We're answering your questions by not answering them. Damn it! You know, him being <laughs> basically the guest on MSNBC yesterday all day. I mean, I guess they thought they were going to get the friendly audience, you know, and get the friendly 
uh, anchor desk, but it started with Morning Joe. And and the question they asked, well, in fact, I think we can play the audio from this, Brian. See if we can uh, bring that up for me, and, and let's uh, let's uh, uh, get this right here. Yeah, I'm wait, gonna, I'm gonna hit the. Please, sir, we're having some. Com- I'm I'm having computer problems here. Yeah, yeah, it would so, be you, wouldn't it? it yeah, it's mine. Uh, all right, so uh, so so here's the uh, from Morning Joe. All right, uh, and uh, Ian sounds very short here. Here we go. And you heard Congressman Schiff just before this interview. He walks into his gift, checks for his devices. He walks out, makes sure he doesn't have anything. A lot of people are asking, how could this happen? And that's the answer that that we're stuck on. There's no answer being provided. Well. Again, I'm going, to, I'm going to stress this again, and I understand that there's a desire for public disclosure of information, that there's a desire for facts to come out, but it's important that the full set of facts be gathered by the Justice Department and then presented publicly so that people can understand all of these details. We know you want answers. We understand that. One clue is that you keep asking us all these questions. <laughs> And and the uh, you know that's wow. as we said yesterday that's the one, that's the one that takes us over the top. Yeah, is the fact that stuff they found stuff when he was a senator, and the thing that also got my attention was handwritten notes. Yeah, there were some classified handwritten notes, and immediately my antenna went up, going what. Well, does that mean? Yeah. Do, do, does that that means? So you're not talking about official documents. You're talking about somebody taking handwritten notes. Were those handwritten notes? Any of the documents? You know, were those handwritten notes uh, relating to any of those documents that they had? Because you can't do that. No, you can. No, no you can't no, do that no. inside right. the 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 room at Capitol Hill where you can walk in. Right. And look at the documents. You can't bring your cell phone in. Right. They nope. just, they right. just on MSNBC, they just said it. You can't bring your cell phone in. You can't take notes of what's in there. Right. It's very strict yep. uh, protocol. One of the things that the State Department that annoyed the daylights out of Hillary Clinton was all the secretive stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say it that way. But on Mahogany Row, you can't have a phone. She wanted her phone. Well, she went one better. I'll just build a server in my house. My house, exactly. I mean, that's the arrogance of people that think that the rules don't apply to them. And then, of course, we learned after all that, Comey said it. And while testifying, Comey said it. Yeah, we're pretty sure that foreign entities were able to get into her server. Here, Here's a question. Do Democrats not take classified information seriously because of what Hillary got away with? No, I think they see that as certainly a uh, uh, one of these crimes, which we believe is a very serious crime, always has been, uh, especially when you're in charge of guarding our nation's secrets. Uh, but if you be- if you believe, well, my gosh, they're not going to go after it. I can do anything. You know, I I don't I won't at the very least I won't worry about protocol. But I I really do, I, and I think Joe Biden I believe, and I've said it from the beginning. This is a guy who is defiant and arrogant, 
You're not going to tell him, Jack. He has lied so many times, openly, blatantly, about everything. And it's just bizarre to the point that Glenn Kessler at the Washington, the far right Washington Post, <laughs> awarded Biden endless Pinocchios. <clears throat> He just gave up. Glenn Kessler said, nah, I, I don't I can't keep up every day. It's too I need to be able to, you know, I gotta have time to sleep. You know, my my mm-hmm. I can't just sit here and focus. I gotta focus on other people in American politics. I can't just do Biden all day. And it would take uh, more than all day to keep up with his long string of lies that keeps going. This is a guy who will look at you. I, I he's willing to say anything to anybody. While the camera is rolling and tell a massive lie, by the way, lies that don't even matter. They're not even, you know, they're nothing except for him showboating. Uh, Recently with the George Santos thing, uh, people have been playing the the, uh, old tapes of Biden uh, standing there telling a guy, I'm smarter than you are. And then he went on to list his, you know, where he graduated <laughs> in his class. And the media back then fact-checked him and came out, and he was the center. And, and they, they, they came out and fact-checked him, and you said, well, no, actually, he was not. And, you know, the whole thing, and they, they brought him back down to the ground. Who does was that? that? Bro- was that the clip with Brokaw doing it? Was, uh, Brokaw? was it Brokaw? I'm not was sure it, if it was yeah, Brokaw that just came back and fact-checked it or not. I was... I was thinking in my mind it was ABC News, but okay, maybe it was yeah. NBC. But, you know, if you're if he's willing to do that, knowing that the camera is on him, well, see, there's the difference. He's doing it because the camera's on him. He's got to be the big guy. That's why they call him that. Oh, he's the big guy. Because he's always portrayed himself as that. How long can this go on? At because- least another two years. Okay. Uh, <laughs> At least until January 20th of 2025. But you, because th- every single day it's the same questions over and over again. Yeah. And, and now it's like, what's holding up the FBI from doing these searches? Right. And, and you, you find out, wait a minute, you know, the, the White House counsel, well, we found nothing at the beach house. That, that's a story that came out. The White yeah, House. Right. Yeah. The White yeah. House, the, the uh, Biden attorney found nothing at the White House at the, or excuse me, the, the, Biden attorney found nothing at the beach house, at not the, the White House. house. Yes. The, yeah. the beach house. It's like, well, yeah, but they didn't find everything at uh, the uh, the regular house. Yeah, either. the Wilmington, the Wilmington house, yeah. house. They didn't find everything there either. Right. The FBI went in. Think think about this. The FBI. I I didn't think about it the other day. Spent thirteen hours in that house. How many searches go on for thirteen? hours and and so it whatever whether it's the beach house the penn biden center Mm -hmm. and i'm sure any other place where biden has stayed what's keeping the fbi and the department of justice from doing their own search after they've already done it at the wilmington delaware house and so right, there's right. questions every day that this yeah. goes on. Yeah. And then they keep claiming, we're answering your questions. Well, we're going to give you someone else who will answer your question. Yeah, but they don't answer our question. Well, that's answering your question. We're answering your question by not answering your question. Right. I mean, how long does this go? I just, it seems like it. it's only been, what, 
10, 11 days now, but it seems like it's forever. It's just the same thing. Well, this is the thing. It's Groundhog you know, Day. Uh, watching Ian Sam's on, on MSNBC yesterday, it's just amazing how, how bad he was, and he kept going. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. If you like listening to Red Eye On Demand, we have more of Eric Harley and guests for you. Download RER's Extra Mile podcast. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll answer all your questions by not answering your questions coming up following the top of the hour. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen when and where you uh, wish to. We just have to play a another audio cut because this is actually an msnbc mm. uh from uh from uh, yesterday and uh, this is uh, ian sams who is the uh the spokesperson for the white house council in case you haven't paid attention green jean pierre won't answer any questions said go to the white house uh council and so they've gone to their spokesperson who's also saying nothing yeah and claiming right. they're answering the questions and attacking the reporters now uh, in the White House uh, press corps, in, implying that all they're doing is showboating and trying to get uh, attention here because they're answering all their your your questions. Here's another question from MSNBC from yesterday. Twice in the last week or so, two different times, uh, there's been a, a White House put out statements suggesting that the search for these documents were complete. And each of those times, more documents were therefore found. So it's a, explain, explain that, how that could happen. And also, do you understand the, the sense of a, is that hurting the credibility of the White House as you are trying to tell the American people, hey, we're trying to do the business, your business, while doing this too? Jonathan, thanks for that question. And look, I think in any investigation, I talked a little bit about this last week when I took questions from uh, the press corps here at the White House about this. In any investigation, information develops. That's the nature of an investigation. (laughs) Things happen. Thanks for that question. I I really appreciate that question. You're basically basically saying, you guys don't have it together. You're giving us constant information that is wrong. Here's what... I'm guessing Ian Sams has told MSNBC, look, if you guys need me to help you fill out 24 hours, I can do that. Let me know. Because he's filling it with a lot of garbage. Oh, well, thank you for that question. You don't have to thank him. Just give us an answer, which, of course, he's not going to do. You know the one question, and it might have been asked. I have been, I haven't seen it uh, asked, but it might have been. But the question I would ask would be <laughs> to them, because look, if, you know you're not going to get your answer, your, the the questions answered. So 
you know, if if you're in the White House press corps, you know, what are you trying to do? I mean, Ducey asking the question yesterday to her to, you know, trying to <laughs> tick her off. Yeah. That's the only reason you do something like that. It's like, well, if we can't get them to answer the question, let's get him ticked off. Let's get him angry. Right. Let's get him flustered. Let's get him, you know, and whatever, because they're not answering our question. Right. And I'm sick and tired of this whole pretend game of back and forth. What I would ask is, okay, the president says he takes it very seriously, uh, but he has no regrets about leaving uh, top secret documents all over the place. Yeah. Can you somehow clarify those two statements that seem to be different? Yeah, right. I'm, I take this very seriously. I have no regrets. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I have no. no regrets about leaving top secret documents all over the place. And yeah. I didn't know. And as we said, how do you know you have no regrets? Because you don't know how the documents got there. And that re- that is really the one thing that, uh, again, by by Biden, <laughs> by Biden speaking, yeah. because they're probably saying, look, we need to shut him up completely. Yeah. Because right. by Biden saying, I have no regrets and I don't rem- and and I have, you know, no, uh, no idea how they got there. So remember. They are telling us there is nothing cognitively wrong with him. Right. That his memory is great and everything else. So you have to take that. That's what they're selling to the American public. Right. So if they're selling that to the American public and saying everything is okay with Joe Biden and Biden is saying, I have no idea how top secret documents get into areas where only I and my other relatives exist, you know, are, are, are staying, mm-hmm. including son Hunter. Mm-hmm. Well, then what you're saying is, Somebody else in the family is the reason that they're in your personal quarters, That's these right. top secret documents. Right. You're throwing somebody in your own family under the bus. Yep. And that is the problem. Again, I go back to the Pete Ducey question. You left him in the garage with your prize Corvette. What were you thinking? Coming up with that question, Pete Ducey knew what he was doing. He's playing to the president's ego. The president's ego is what keeps him talking. The president's ego is what keeps the president's staff uh, essentially out of the control of the president. They cannot get the reins on him at all. They can't rein him in because his ego is what reigns his ego is what rules the day and he's going to talk about and hey hey man to talk about my corvette it was locked up it's not like it was on the street or something well Ducey knew he was going to get that kind of response but it was always going to be you know that's the thing before they go out they're telling him and remember On the first day that he spoke about it, he had to read a response. And he brought his lawyers into the conversation. He's brought, he mentioned his lawyers. And then he mentioned his lawyers again a few days later. I'm doing everything my lawyers tell me to do. Ooh. This is, but this is the problem that they have. This is why. It is all hands on on deck. 
with no questions answered. You can't answer any questions, but you've got to be out there and be available to the media. Constantly. Constantly. And, and here's here's Charles Cook National Review. Really, one struggles to imagine how Biden could have made it any worse for himself if he tried. Right. The length of the gap between the initial discovery of the documents and the announcement of that discovery to the press suggests that the president and his team were keen to control the news cycle as tightly as possible for as long as possible. But the drip, drip, drip pace of the revelations, the many loose ends that have been allowed to fester, and the slow transition from Biden's initial insistence that he had self-reported his violations to the embarrassing appointment of a special counsel to the eventual involvement of the FBI have all had precisely the opposite effect. The only headline worse than classified documents found at President's private residence is more classified documents found at the president's private residence because the use of more in any story gives the narrative uh, a motion making it impossible to set in the past and president biden has now provoked the latter headline three times now yeah. and counting and now you're waiting right. for the fourth time right as it's like if that's the uh, the uh, the question that uh I think you played. I think you played that audio. Co- We've been going so many of them off the air and on the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but but the one where uh, he was asked uh, uh, by Mika on MSNBC, mm-hmm. are there going to be any more documents? Right. And basically, they can't. They won't answer that question. Well, they don't, things they don't say. They don't say no anymore. There is. There is no. No. This is the. This is the conclusion. There are no more documents to be found that we got a week ago Friday. They. They can't say. And and I also believe. That they can't say because I don't think Biden is cooperating with everybody. I don't think, at the very least, I don't think they believe now internally. His own people, I believe, can't trust him. Can't trust whether or not, because, again, up until this past weekend's report that the DOJ went in and did their search, his team was leading the way. His people. His personal attorneys and aides, we were told. Well, then the whole thing about his aides, that went out the window. That it was, no, just his personal attorneys were doing the search. I believe they were doing that because he wanted to control it and he wasn't going to share anything with anybody. I don't believe he's been uh, fully transparent with his own staff, including Corrine Jean-Pierre. And this where it is, it continues to be drip, drip, drip with the anticipation yeah. that there's we're waiting for the next drip. Right. Because the FBI is, well, we're, you know, the story's out there. The FBI is contemplating whether to continue the searches in all of it. And then it's like, OK, well, the attorney searched the the uh, the, the beach house. That story came mm-hmm. out the other day. And it's yeah. like, OK, right. the attorney searched the beach house and says there's nothing. But they said they were complete. In the Wilmington House, right. and the FBI went in after 13 hours and found a ton more documents and actually handwritten notes, which brings you to the question that were those documents not in folders that could be easily seen? Hmm. Which means then at that point they were separated, which means somebody in the Biden family, right, or yeah. the Secret Service right. is setting Biden up, right, right. one right. or the other. right. But somebody who knows Biden, a relative or a friend is the one that's going through the top secret 
you know, information. That's the next step. That's what people are thinking. That's what investigators are thinking. Because how does this happen? Because the president's saying he has no idea how they got there. Well, if right. you actually don't, and this isn't a cognitive problem where you've lost your memory, that means the only other answer, and, and your staff is telling us constantly, you're not, you're extremely sharp, you don't forget things. Right then the only other logical conclusion is somebody in your family is messing around with top-secret documents right. in your home. Right. Okay, who has lived there before? Oh, Hunter Biden rented it. Hmm. Is Hunter Biden involved in other areas where top-secret documents were found? Absolutely. The Penn Biden Center. Yep. And and so you're just waiting, and so the, the scandal doesn't go away. It stays there day in and day out and day in and day out. And I really wonder if they're thinking to themselves, oh, we got Ian Sam's out there now. And so we're, we've got this under control. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Under control. Nobody is buying anything that you say. And then they bring the new guy in because Corrine Jean Pierre can't hack it. Mm -hmm. She looks like a complete idiot up there, Mm -hmm. just lying to everybody, gaslighting to everybody. And she's flustered. Right. And then Sam's comes in and starts insulting blaming and going after the white house press corps this is this is the this is the democrats though but it is a problem for them you people you're all a bunch of showboats you're the media you're not supposed to be asking questions you're just supposed to be going along with what we say come on we're making you famous you're going to be celebrities all you have to do is stop asking questions i mean that's but that's that's how this whole thing was built, and they were part of it. You know, the media helped him get elected in 2020, and he was in the basement. And now they're feeling burned. Well, that's what happens, because it's Joe Biden. He doesn't have any loyalty to you. There is no loyalty to the media. I wonder if they're going to have him take any questions anywhere. Uh, RNC research uh, posted yesterday that he's only taken, answered or taken three questions in 11 days, something like that. And what have we gotten? There's no there there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, No regrets. Right. (laughs) That isn't going to cut it. Uh, Here it is from uh, yesterday. Uh, Joe Biden has answered just three questions in the last 11 days. Well, answered is a pretty right big he replied right there's there's no there there no regrets mm-hmm. uh well oh, my my lawyers i'm doing you know i'm doing what my lawyers uh you know told me yeah i'm doing what my lawyers tell me god willing we can eventually talk about it yeah but every time he speaks again in the most damaging well there are two things i think the no regrets. What do you mean no regrets? You have no regrets that top secret documents were found? You know, what are you talking? And then there's no there there. And then the next day, there's a there there. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. I don't think Joe Biden ha- does have any regrets. You're not going to tell him what to do, either as a senator or a uh, an outgoing vice president at the time, and certainly not as president. I, I don't have any regrets. I did it. I don't. I, I'm if if Joe Biden could speak. Freely, I'd put a hundred dollars for charity on that bet. That for, that's what he would say for charity. For charity, 
the Gary McNamara Golf Lesson Fund <laughs> to use a couple of dollars. Uh, no, that's what we call the uh, uh, Seniors Tournament School. <laughs> Senior Tour School. Yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. <laughs> Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. If you would like uh, to get in uh, to the uh, show, reading this here. This is from says to be the hill dot com. Mm. Just by the way it looks. Uh, just I printed it out a little while ago, mm. um, and uh, this is a Democrats express alarm over Biden classified documents. I'm very concerned. Is uh, uh, one quote, and you can see it from MSNBC. Oh, yeah. You go to Morning Joe, and you can sit yeah. there and go, God, guys, this is just killing you. Right. This is killing us, right. you know, as liberals. This is killing us, said uh, Joe Man- or John Tester, uh, said, I'm very concerned. One of the several incumbent Democrats who uh, face a uh, tough election coming up here uh, in a couple of years. We got to get to the bottom of this and find out what the hell happened and why it happened. This is about national security. And the drip, drip, drip nature of the findings. That's the problem with it. The drip, drip, drip nature of the findings has left Democrats and Republicans alike uh, wondering whether there will be more documents found and has left the White House looking off balance at times, at times. (laughs) Remember all of it, because you bring up, you know, the, uh, the comment about national security. Remember, after Mar-a-Lago, it was all about, well, Trump and the Saudis, Trump and the Saudis. Yeah, there's no nothing ever connected that. You know, and and, you know, this is and and they were just pushing. Oh, my gosh. Why and why aren't Republicans concerned about national secrets and national security? And here, you know. Look, I get it. I know what MSNBC is, but not even MSNBC can get a straight story out of them. And they're trying. You can hear them in the questions. Uh, Okay. Uh, The tone and the way that they word the questions. And look, Ian Sams, I guess he's going to be the... um, happy face of this whole thing. I really believe he was brought in to kind of tone it down because she's getting angry. She's clearly flustered and frustrated. Yep. And it is not a good look at all. And Ian Sams is smiling as he gives you no answer. (laughs) Exactly. That's it. You know, I mean, he's the happy smiling. Oh, well, thank you for the, thank you for the question. Well, what do you I'm, mean? I'm thank so, you for the question. I'm so glad you asked that question. You know what? Now I'm not going to answer it. I was just thinking last night. I hope somebody asks me that. 
I'm so glad you did. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for, for that, asking that question. For that question. Now I'm going to not answer it. Which is the, you know, let's let's fill as much time as you can. And, <laughs> you know, and, and basically that's mm-hmm. it. You know, it's it is a bunch of garbage because there is no good answer here. That's the fact of all of this is that there is no solid answer. No, no. And Ian Sams is right. We'll learn a lot more from the DOJ investigation. (laughs) But actually, I would go beyond that and say we're likely to learn a lot more from Joe Biden himself. individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances if you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or... It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. God telling you, I wish I could have watched this uh, live. The View host Whoopi Goldberg speculated on Monday that President Biden declassified all the documents discovered in recent months when he was vice president. What? When he was vice president, oh. he declassified oh. those. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't know they had that kind of authority. Neither did I. The ladies discussed President Biden's credibility after a new batch of classified documents were discovered. After Goldberg discussed three kinds of classified documents, she noted vice president presidents and vice presidents can declassify these. Not with their brains. That's a shot at Trump. Trump, yeah. Not just by thinking about it. Adding that that was a stupid statement by mm-hmm. Trump, though. Mm-hmm. That, was, yeah, was. that was dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, adding that President George W. Bush and Barack Obama had loosened the restrictions on uh, declassifying documents during their presidencies. She added that she uh, wished officials would specify which level of classified documents had been mishandled so the public could discern between misplaced administrative information and national security risks. Well, we know that at the Penn-Biden Center, they were top secret. We, We know exactly what they were there. Yeah. So we know that it was absolutely serious there, and there has been... And let's put it this way. <clears throat> if the lawyers were the first to search and they were just very low level classified information at the house, do you think that would have leaked? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> She's just trying to find it. They just can't. They can't handle it. It's well, like it, you know, it's what it's. It's exactly what MSNBC and all the liberals in in media and pop culture are trying to do. They're either very quiet about it, or they're scrambling to make excuses for Joe Biden. But you can't. 
Now, this came out yesterday morning from the uh, New York Post, The and we had talked about this on yesterday's show also. Mm. The Justice Department is considering additional searches for classified documents at other locations connected to President Biden. Uh, DOJ, DOJ officials are considering extending the search for sensitive documents to other places. Now, CBS reported that on Saturday. Right, yeah. Citing a source familiar with the investigation. Word of Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, here's what I would say, that if there is, you know, a, I think the DOJ definitely wants to do the searches, but I think we can substitute the word considering and use the word instead, negotiating. And they have Biden's personal attorney conducted an earlier search of the beach property, but found no classified documents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you well, have a history of not finding all yeah, the documents yeah, to yeah, begin with. It, this is this is beyond his well, attorneys what, now. What is taking? I mean, what's what negotiating power do you have as a Biden attorney right now? Right with the Department of Justice. Right. What are you negotiating? Right. After the FBI did a. 13-hour search. I wonder to what extent his own personal lawyers feel like their hands are tied with him. And this it's just the way he behaves. I could see him going to his own personal attorneys. You guys aren't going to search my house. What are, you, what are you talking about? No. It's imperative we do this. No. No, you're right. I could see him saying no because now I don't know that to be the case. I know that to be the nature of Joe Biden based on decades of his arrogance and defiance. Well, tell me why the first search at the University of Pennsylvania happened in the first few days of November and the search at Wilmington didn't begin until December 20th. Uh, you know, you and, uh, we said this last week and I'm reading Andrew McCarthy talking about the double standard here. Mm -hmm. He said, he, and he writes on one hand, if hypocrisy were a crime, there'd be no one left to run Washington, which (laughs) of course is true. Yeah. On the other, if consistency were a beltway virtue, articles of impeachment against president Biden would have already been drawn up. Mm. Democrats were determined to hang the scarlet eye on Trump that they impeached him in a strictly partisan exercise over the threat to withhold aid to Ukraine in order to pressure Kiev to investigate Biden family corruption. Notwithstanding that Trump's icky behavior was not a crime. Right. We've always said this. Right. That was not an impeachable offense nope. to uh, begin with. And now what we know about Hunter Biden from the laptop. Just what we know what, so far. What we know so far. Trump was justified in doing it because of the possible corruption and influence peddling that we now know of. Right. Um, He said uh, Ukraine ultimately got the aid, Hmm. which was significantly better than the aid it had gotten from Obama and the Biden administration. And there was indeed Biden family corruption in connection with the Ukrainian regime, among other corrupt and or anti-american regimes it's exactly what we've been stating for months on the show and that's the first time i've seen anybody else write that Hmm. somebody else may have said it i don't know right conservative talk show host i haven't heard it and i haven't seen it written anywhere until andrew mccarthy said that and we said 
And we said last week, what do you mean? If this would have been, if, if Trump would have done what Biden would have done right now, articles of impeachment would have already been, yep, been, been put out there. Yep. And, and forget about that. The laptop and what we know of the possible influence peddling, if the Democrat standard was the standard you were following, articles of impeachment would have already been drawn. Right. Up. Right. By contrast, in connection with his own classified document scandal, President Biden has actually committed crimes. And those crimes are enshrined in federal law precisely because of the potential they carry to do catastrophic damage to national security, the protection of which is the president's principal responsibility. Some of the classified documents Biden was were hoarding, was, and this is the to go back to Whoopi's point, hmm. Some of the classified documents Biden was hoarding were reportedly designated TSSCI, meaning top secret and sensitive compartmented information. As I explained last week, citing the relevant federal rules, intelligence is branded top secret only if it's unauthorized disclosure reasonably could expected to cause exceptionally grave danger to national security. SCI, moreover, is a designation applied when the information at issue could compromise deep cover intelligence sources and or highly sensitive methods of gathering intelligence that the government needs to keep under wraps. That's the one thing that the liberal media really isn't focused on at all. Nope. The The line of questioning really is about the, the search. And it really should be about what the bigger issue is here. And that's national security. And the lives right now that may be compromised if we don't find out right away the entire chain of custody of each of these documents. Those are the things that, you know, this is why even presidents and former vice presidents and former senators are governed by these rules and these laws. This is something that is not a small thing. And right now the focus is on the search because, yeah, that has been bungled over and over and over again. The Biden administration has just bungled this thing. But the real questions, the serious questions, pertain to national security. And the serious question also is the fact that Biden claims he has no idea how they got there. Right. And so if yeah. he is telling the truth there. Now, we know he has no problem lying. Mm-hmm. For example, he still claims, I mean, they're still going by the fact that he knew nothing about anything. He knew nothing about any of his son's business activities. We know right. everyone knows. Every Democrat right. knows that's a lie. Right. He did. Right. And we, nobody is debating the credibility of what's actually in the um, you know in from in the laptop, right? That those things that Hunter wrote, right? Uh, you know about uh, about, and, and nobody even Bob Ulinsky coming out and saying no, he's the big guy. He got the ten percent. Nobody's debating that. No, there is nobody out there saying Bob Ulinsky's lying. No one. You know, as I as I I, I go through the uh, the events over the weekend, the news that came out over the weekend with even more documents being found, uh, the DOJ finding more documents after we're told that his lawyers had completed. The search was complete. It was complete. 
I I thought to myself, okay, what are the possibilities? The possibilities that well, his lawyers are lying, uh, and they didn't complete the search, or they completed completed the search and found those other documents and didn't want to give them up for whatever reason. I also considered the possibility that those documents were brought there to the Wilmington House between the time that the attorneys did their, completed their search and the DOJ started theirs. And my first answer to myself in considering that idea was, well, no, that makes it look bad. Then I start to ask myself, well, or does it look better, a lot better, than finding them somewhere else where Hunter Biden lived that's not a Joe Biden residence? The, These are the questions right. you have well, to ask well, because they're not, well, they're but, not answering anything. But, but, he, but here's the, the one thing. If, the, if, if, if that, for a, a example, uh, uh, happened and they were clearly designated as as uh you know in folders mm-hmm. which showed that they were you know top secret and you would want right. to put them in folders right if if your if your theory uh is uh, or questioned yeah or your question right your yeah. your theory question mm-hmm. <laughs> uh that would mean then the FBI would say we need to search every place because these are obviously classified documents right i tend to think that i tend to think and and go the way that turley is thinking jonathan turley and that's that, you know, the whole uh, separation that uh, they were found in different places. And then in the place where they were found, you know, they, they were found in separate places. But in the one property, they were in a variety of different locations, which means right. they were separated at that particular point, which means the odds are somebody was actually looking at those top secret documents. And right. if the lawyers didn't find them, it's because they didn't know it because they weren't in the folder. They were sheets of paper put out somewhere, and you had to read it to understand whether it was actually top secret or not. Mm. Could be, and yeah. and, and and again, sure. it's all it's it's pure speculation. But that's the only thing you can do when nobody's answering any questions, and the FBI is hesitant on on doing anything and have been hesitant. I mean, they've blown this thing, the Department of Justice, mm-hmm. from day one. The fact that. Top secret documents were found at the beginning of November. The yeah. Department of Justice hid it from the American people. The Biden administration hid it from the hid it from the American people. They did not, and this is a key thing here, because the Biden administration, and we went through this yesterday, is attempting to say that, oh, okay, we've cooperated fully. They didn't cooperate no, fully. They, did not. they went they went when when the lawyers found it, they called the White House. Mm-hmm. They didn't call uh the Department of Justice. No. The, and then the White House went to the National Archives, hoping that they could just deal with the National Archives and not get the FBI involved. And then it was the Inspector General of the National Archives that went, holy Toledo. Yeah. And then he contacted the or whoever, he or she, don't know if it was a he or she, the, the uh, Inspector General of the National Archives then contacted the FBI. Mm-hmm. Does that sound like full cooperation? No. Especially when you have top secret documents? No. Nope. But they never called. It wasn't the attorneys that called the Department of Justice. Right. And that story, I don't think, is as widespread as it should be out there. No. It it is. It's a huge part of this huge mess. Cluster. (laughs) It really is. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE, coming up on the top of the hour. Remember the Georgia election law? Mm. University of Georgia did a poll. Yeah. Uh, you'll want to hear this poll because remember how uh, Biden said it was Jim Crow on steroids? Yeah. Remember how they lied about the Georgia election law? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They lied about it in order to create racial anger Yep. based on a lie. Right. That's why they did it. When we right. talk about the Democratic Party institutionalizing racism, this is another example. We'll talk about that. Plus, Chase to close New York City ATMs at 5 or 6 p.m. Wow. due to rising crime and homelessness. And we'll tell you about the California city that says we can't do 100% renewable energy. All coming up. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet... We're Red Eye Radio. Were means him over there, Eric Carley, me on this side, Gary McNamara. Uh-huh. Hi. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. You know, talking about, uh, you know, uh, climate change and everything else, hmm. I'm not a gamer, okay? Let me make this clear. Okay. I, I did, I'm trying to think, what was the, what was the last game I played um, when I was a gamer? Space Invaders. All right. I think that was pre-Pac-Man, wasn't it? <laughs> it was somewhere in there, yeah. <laughs> Microsoft announced in a recent news post that it will force gamers into powering down their Xbox consoles in order to fight climate change as part of the company's campaign for building more sustainable future of gaming. Hmm. The company announced its intention to become a zero-waste company by automatically switching gamers into shutdown mode to conserve energy. Oh, this is going to go great. Microsoft also claims that if two gamers use their proposed power-saving method for a year, it is the equivalent of planting one tree. A whole tree? Yes. The company's environmental impact goals consist of being uh, being a carbon negative, water positive, and zero waste company by 2030. Microsoft is rolling out an update to Xbox consoles starting today that will automatically switch them to a power saving shutdown mode instead of the usual energy hungry sleep mode. Uh-huh. So this means you can still continue playing. Mm-hmm. It's just when you shut it down. Is that what they're saying? I've I'm thinking they're shutting it down for you. 
for for most consoles, the sleep mode means that the machine puts out minimal energy, but is still able to download uh, uh, and keep the user's games open to where they last left off. The gaming console will also schedule updates and maintenance at specific times that the company claims may may help reduce carbon emissions. Your console will wake up at a time when it can use the most renewable energy in your local energy grid. The Post claims, adding that soon all gamers will be able to update their systems so that the Xbox console is carbon aware. Microsoft claims that the energy saving shutdowns will use up to 20 times less power than sleep mode. However, it will eliminate the ability to remotely turn on the system and overall will take longer to turn on. Hmm. So this is about sleep mode, not they're going to shut you down from not playing the game as okay. originally it seemed like the article started out. Yeah, they'll ease into that. <laughs> Bill Gates is going to be your mom. So speaking of renewable energy. Yeah. Huntington Beach, California. Voted to dump its plan for 100% renewable energy. Oh. Huh. Uh, they're changing their plan. It had in place with the Orange County Power Authority, a nonprofit offering clean energy, but its recent history in a rather unfavorable media limelight has given the city council pause. And Huntington Beach wasn't the first municipality to pull out. Orange County bailed on the Green Power Authority, mm-hmm. citing transparency concerns, and a series of ugly audits and allegations that the authority failed to inform the public that their electricity bills were increasing. It sounds like they sold them a bill of goods that they they couldn't uphold. Yeah, yeah, and then when it came time to pay for it, people started screaming. Orange County was set to begin receiving green power from the authority by the end of the year. The cost of having the county pull out is estimated to be around $65 million to pull out. Man, I can quit for a lot less than that. For Huntington Beach, there were three plans before it when considering to change its plan. Uh Number one to keep 100% renewable energy plan as is, to go go with a smart choice plan offering 69% renewable energy, or the basic choice plan that offered 38% renewable energy, they opted for the basic choice plan in a vote of four to three. Mm -hmm. The city council uh, changed the plan, drew criticism from some, while the council argued that the money saved from the pullout could be better used on other projects, such as enforcing laws around homelessness. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. No, just take the the money that you're wasting over here. Go waste it somewhere else. It's all about, yeah, it's, it's all about cost. Yeah, of course. All, right. about, all about cost. Yeah. They they sat there and everybody said, oh, we want to be clean. We want to be clean. What? It's going to go up to this cost? Are you out of your freaking minds? No, the insanity just keeps going. And, and um, you know, they it's uh, 
when the consumer has to pay for it, that's when the consumer speaks up and says, no. No, it sounded good, but we don't like this. The selfishness of the liberal mind cannot be underestimated. We have seen it in a variety of, of different areas. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, this is one right. I mean, the, the selfishness because uh, they expect somebody else to pay for it. Yeah. They sit there and claim, you know, they, they virtue signal, oh, we're going to be clear. Well, we got to pay for it. Hell no. Right. Well, you went to the point of not doing your due diligence to find out this is going to cost more. Any idiot could figure out if you're going 100% renewable, you're going to skyrocket your electricity cost. Well, the ruse is that they convince people that you're going to lower the cost. It's it's wind and solar. It's free. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the entire math. You're right. No, that's the entire math. You can just stop right there. It wasn't how you laughed. It was your laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was the quality of the it's, laugh. It was the tone of the laugh. But over and over again. But it's wind. And we're just getting it. Because I've seen people in documentaries say, and these are, you know, the the consumer I just, we don't have to pay for wind and solar. It's given to us. Yeah, that's how it works. That's how it works. Well, and and it, and then it just magically gets to your home. I, I say the selfishness because the one thing we always talk about is, you know, nationalized health care or whatever, or, mm-hmm. you know, a single payer system. Right. That the left is always, you know, they want it, they want it, they want it, they want it. But they don't want to pay for it. There's a selfishness that exists in the liberal mindset today. It is based on selfishness. We saw it with Obamacare. Remember the people from California that were interviewed. Well, yeah, of course we're for we're you know for Obamacare, but we we didn't know we were going to have to pay for it. Right. Well, there's a certain selfishness there. Right. What do you think that the money just grows on trees? Somebody has to pay for it. We have seen that in every single state where they have proposed some type of single-payer system, they have you know bailed on it. Why? Because of the cost. Yeah. But liberals right. want the single-payer system as long as their children and grandchildren will pay for it. Right. That's why they want it on the federal system. If we can borrow to no end, then great. It's one of the reasons why you and I have advocated for a ton of things that California wishes to do. Go ahead do that as a state let's, they should do right. it let's 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 have that the 50 state experiment don't nationalize it right ha- have your own test labs go do it right you know you you wish to, we, we've seen it you know hey defund the police yeah go for it yeah. go for it go yeah. ahead see how that works go out do it. for you how's that working out right no bail oh yeah go ahead do it let's see how it works out in those cities and it's failing miserably but i'm i'm sure being nice to criminals will make them nice people it always works that way we just saw ask any police officer you see newsom going crazy at fox news Hmm. because of he didn't get into i didn't see in the article the specifics but he was just going nuts at fox news for you know how they cover the shootings and how they're responsible shut up well, you, you know, know that's just, that that's your state and many of these many of these areas where the crime has skyrocketed. Right. Is because of exactly what you believe in. Yep. Oh, uh, we'll blame it on Fox News. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
shootings and the crime situation in California is Fox News's fault. Yeah, let the um, let the criminals go free. Don't blame the criminals for their crimes. It must be the media. But that's why, for example, when San Francisco came up with the, you know, when Newsom started with the two hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollar reparations, then it yeah. went up to a half a million, and then all the way up to five million yep. in San Francisco. We went, go for it, go ahead, go do it. No, you yeah. should do you it. Should you yep. should do that? I, and and you know because uh, keep in mind, not everybody is going to receive reparations, and so let's see what the reaction is. And let's see you pay for that. Go for it. Go for it, yeah. Because you're not going to actually pay for it. The people are going to pay for it. And you're going to have to put your hand out to get that money. Please do it. You know, they couldn't when they uh, when California was trying to do um, their uh, their state uh single payer system they couldn't even put a funding mechanism in the bill and when they tried to do it when they when when one lawmaker said no we can't do this cuz there's no funding mechanism remember you had death threats he got death threats yep, yep. we want it for free give it to us for free right well, that sounds like selfishness to me. Right. Liberalism is full of selfishness. Right. Give give everybody what they can't, what we aren't able to pay for, and put it on future generations. Right. And that's why they wanted to nationalize it. That's why you saw in Vermont, Colorado, and California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get it done because they couldn't pay for it. Because they knew they would have to put their hands out and have the people of their state pay for it. That's how it works, which means what? Well, I don't know. Uh, You could put in a massive fuel tax because gas and diesel is not expensive enough in California. You could do, you know, what? however you want to do it. Go ahead, but you're going to have to tax the daylights out of not the billionaires, not the corporations, everybody. But please do it. And, you know, with the reparations in San Francisco, okay, uh, right now you're saying long-term residents. And, well, the thought then, here's the question. 20 years from now, what, what are you saying everything is fine now here in 2023? That That as a state or as a, City, we are not responsible for any oppression whatsoever from this point on. Or 20 years from now, do you revisit and say, oh, yeah, we we owe some more money? Well, you know, we've, we've seen it was interesting that San Francisco is talking about the reparations because as as. Uh, you know, the uh, this goes back more than a decade ago. Remember when they were looking at San Francisco and they said in a few years, the whitest the whitest city. Yeah. The whitest place in the entire United States will be San Francisco because uh, because of their policies of love and compassion 
they've made it too expensive for uh, minorities to live there mm-hmm. because when you look overall at the average salaries of minority, they're lower and mm-hmm. therefore they won't be able to live there. So the city will become, because of the liberal caring policies, the whitest city in the United States. Right. It's like because they care. Yes. Like, right. <laughs> And so, so five million might not be enough by the time. Well, the they cost hand of that living out. in the Bay Area five million. What's you know, <clears throat> honestly, because you know, at the end of it, again, you, then you have to say, well, by doing this, we're ending all bad treatment of minorities starting today. There will be no more. Well, that's what you think. Well, the interesting thing is, too, that's brought up is California wasn't a slave state. Right. Right. And it's it, which is why they had to build it out, you know, separate from slavery. You know, I mean, they're they're going on the reparations idea, which started with slavery, the idea of slavery and paying reparations as a result. But for San Francisco. And and here's the other question, too. What about other minorities and how they were treated? Are you saying everything is fine there and nothing is owed? Go ahead and implement the policy. But please explain to me how it's going to work. I'd love to see that kind of policy put in place in San Francisco or any other blue city. 86690-RED-EYE. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Have your batteries inspected by a professional technician if you smell any unusual or strong odors coming from the battery box. A pungent odor could indicate chemicals are escaping from a damaged or overcharged battery. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Join the conversation using the Shell Rotella. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Well, you know, we could promote it as like a positive thing, that we're, yeah. like we're all natural. Right. Uh, you know, because, you know, our Internet's completely down in the studio now. You don't have it. I don't have it. So we've, we've gone into power-saving mode yeah, here at Red Eye. Yeah, Radio. we went into power. That That's it. We went into, we're into power. We're, we're helping the climate. That's right. By having <laughs> no Internet. That's now we right. Now we do have our phones. We do. Yeah, yes. we're, we're looking at our phones right now. We, we are. We can get through. The, we can get through the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the phones, but we can spin this in a way to say we care about the world. Yeah, right. We, we do. So we care about the planet. Yes, we we care mostly but, because I live on it. <laughs> when I'm done with it, I don't care. <laughs> I honestly don't care. 
Coming up uh, following the bottom of the hour, the uh, we had just talked about this the other day, too. And I saw the story yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. California uh, proposing a wealth tax that could tax you long after you moved out of the state. Of course. Yeah. These states are just going to kill wealth. Well, that's you think what people, they would you, like to do, for sure. I mean, I don't think that will pass constitutional muster, but yeah. I it sure can in a state. State can do it. After they leave? After the people leave? Uh, they'd be taxing. Uh, what What they're doing is they would be, they... You, if if you if you can't pay, let's say you've got property mm-hmm. and you leave the state, they can still tax the wealth that you have. If you can't pay the cash, you contractually will agree that when you sell that land, which could be 15 years after you've moved from the state, you would have to pay that. So, but that would be land you own in that state. Right. And that's, by the way, that's beyond property tax. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah, a new type of wealth tax based on the uh, property you own there. Right. Yeah. And, and and more than just actual property, though. Right. We'll get into that coming up. McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Welcome and uh, good morning. Here we, here we go. We talked about this the other day. <clears throat> California lawmakers are pushing legislation that would impose a new tax on the state's wealthiest residents, even if they're already moved to another part of the country. Assemblyman Alex Lee Of course, a Democrat last week introduced a bill into the California state legislature that would impose an extra annual 1.5% tax on those with a worldwide net worth above $1 starting as early as January of 2024. Now, think about this. (laughs) Worldwide net worth Mm -hmm. above a billion. Right. Now, would they be taxing you on that worldwide wealth? I don't I believe that would be unconstitutional. Well, my question would be how would they get the information? And that's what they talk about the that's why it's a, this would be a nightmare administratively to do. As early as 2026, the threshold for being taxed would drop those with worldwide net worth exceeding 50 million would be hit with a 1% annual tax on wealth while billionaires would still be taxed 1.5%. Worldwide wealth extends beyond annual income to include a diverse to include diverse holdings such as farm assets, arts and other collectibles. No, this is so this is uh, right along the lines of what uh, the liberals would want to do uh, and in in um, with federal law, because if you want to go after the the billionaires right then you go after the the wealth you go after their existing wealth so then you bring into it the assets which means what not just the billionaires but everybody would have to have all of their assets 
appraised. Appraised, right. Every year. Right. Because <clears throat> how do you know? Elizabeth Warren wanted to do this, you know, whole, you know, tax the billionaires because they're billionaires thing. Okay. All right. Um, how do you know if that person acquired an asset? Because theoretically, that person could uh, have an asset and they don't know that they fit that category. And when the threshold drops in 2026, 50 million, let's say that uh, they have, uh, you know, a small parcel of land, but they find a great deal of resources on that land, natural resources, which means then that land could be appraised at greater than $50 million. And that happens a lot where there's a an appreciation in value of land and real estate. That's nothing new. But how do you assess it if you're the taxing entity? Well, the only way you can do that is through appraisals. And you would have to get an appraisal of all of your assets. And it wouldn't be just the billionaires because it is not a finite group of people that fit the millionaires and billionaires category. Um, some time ago, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders did not fit the either of those categories, and now he does. Now he's a millionaire. There are people that are billionaires and then all of a sudden lose everything or lose a great deal of wealth. So how do you assess that? Oh, here's one. You live in California, but you have a business that's worth $50 million, which is not, not necessarily a huge business. Mm-hmm. The net worth of it, the wealth of it, which is the buildings, the equipment, mm-hmm. you know, everything that you have is $50 million. Mm-hmm. You might only be making $100,000 profit out of that. Mm-hmm. And it may not be in California. Right. If they're going to tax you on your worldwide wealth, if you live in California, yeah. But it's actually a it's a company that you own that provides not a lot of income, mm-hmm. but it's worth a lot. I mean, this is part of the problem with I'll never forget when I was at the uh, Philadelphia Republican Convention in 2000 and I met a guy who was a delegate and I said, "Why'd you become a delegate?" And he was like from Indiana. And he said he had, uh, you know, some type of business. He said, I started as a janitor Mm -hmm. and I worked my way up and now I own the company. Mm -hmm. He said, I've worked my butt off. He said, I don't make as much money as people think you make, but my company's worth like, and this is going back, well, this is back to 2000. I can't remember what he said, 15, 20 million. He said, but that's the actual, that's the buildings. Those, it's the buildings, it's the equipment, it's everything, Mm -hmm. all the resources that you need. Mm -hmm. He said, that's not profit. Right. And and he said, most of the profits that I have go back right into it. You know, and he said, I, I don't, he said, I with where the Democrats wanted to go at that point, he said, if I die, the business has to be sold and leave the family because right. we can't afford the taxes right. on it. He goes, that's not right. He said, it's not income that I'm getting. They want to go after me and the wealth. Well, now this is like a, not a, this is a death tax while you're alive right and not necessarily in the geographical location that you live in yeah and what is the overall effect here 
Well, the effect would be if they could get this put into law would be that people would leave the state. And that's what, uh, to continue here on this, the legislation is a modified version of the wealth tax approved in the California Assembly in 2020, uh, which a Democrat-led state Senate declined to pass. The current version just introduced includes measures to allow California to impose wealth taxes on residents even years after they left the state and moved elsewhere. Exit taxes are not new in California, but this bill also includes provisions to create contractual claims tied to the assets of a wealthy taxpayer who doesn't have the cash to pay their annual wealth tax bill because most of their assets aren't easily turned into cash. This claim would require the taxpayer to make annual filings with California's Franchise Tax Board and eventually pay the wealth tax owed even if they moved to another state. California is one of several blue states last week to interview and unveil bills to impose new wealth tax taxes. The others are Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Maryland, Minnesota, New York, and Washington. Each state's proposal contained a different tax approach, but they all centered around the same basic idea, the rich have to pay more. Uh, Lee's office did not respond to a request for comment on the story, but his public statements are what you would expect. The working class has shouldered the tax burden way too long. The ultra-rich are paying little to nothing by hoarding their wealth through assets. Time to end that. As we know, that's not the case. The no. rich pay the vast majority of the taxes. Right. According to Lee, the tax would affect 0.1% of California households and generate an additional $21.6 billion in state revenue, which would go into the state general fund. Advocates argue the money could boost funding for schools, and we know everything else. Right, right. You're right. going to you know, save the planet. Climate change. You're going right. to save the children. You're going to uh, you're going to home. You're going to house the uh, homeless. You're going to do all of it. You're going to solve everything. However, opposition experts counter that the bill would have the exact opposite effect through high administrative costs and by causing an exodus of people to flee the state. It brings significant administrative challenges with respect to asset and liability valuation. Could you imagine? If you had a business, because remember, by 2026, it'll be down to 50 million. Mm-hmm. Doesn't start. It starts at a billion and then moves to 50 million. Right. And then gets lower, lower, lower. Right. I mean, how do you prove what your assets are? You have to do an assessment, as you said, an evaluation mm-hmm. of your ass, your worldwide assets mm-hmm. and report them every year to the state of California. Right. You out of your mind? And. Can they tax your worldwide value? Is that what they're saying? They, they don't talk about that in the story. Your worldwide, they tax your worldwide wealth, or do they only tax you the wealth that you have inside of California? It brings significant administrative challenges in respect to asset and liability valuation, high and distortionary effective rates among other problems that makes it an inefficient revenue source, said Gordon Gray, director of fiscal policy at the American Action Forum. Others echoed this point, also arguing a new wealth tax would lead many wealthy residents to leave California. The proposed California wealth tax would be economically destructive, challenging to administer, and would drive many wealthy residents and all of their current tax payments out of the state. Yeah, they'd be gone. Said uh, Jared Walsack, vice president of the state's project at the Tax Foundation, told Fox News Digital, the bill sets aside as much as $660 million per year 
just for administrative costs. More than $40,000 per prospective taxpayer. What would it cost a taxpayer to do those type of evaluations each and every year and then go into the legal fight that you have to hire a tax lawyer to get into the legal fight about what your worldwide wealth is? Well, and and that's it. Um, just like you have in uh, with with any property tax entity, you have a central appraisal district. You would have a state appraisal board. That's how that would have to work. And that means that they would have to do the valuation on your business, which would be very tedious, but they set the value. Now, here's another question. Much of the wealth of many of the, like the tech billionaires is in the stock they own. Well, that stock is not a constant price. So where would you tax it? There's been a lot in the news about how how much Elon Musk lost when Tesla's stock dropped dramatically. Well, that goes up and down. So where do you set the value point? Where Or where do you set the valuation or the wealth point for that individual whose wealth is primarily, I mean... I don't know what the percentage is, but for many of them, 90% or more is in stock. Here it is here. A wealth tax could be particularly destructive in California, home to so many tech startups, because the owners of promising businesses could be taxed on hundreds of millions of dollars worth of estimated business value that never actually materializes. Very few taxpayers would remit wealth taxes, but many taxpayers would pay the price. The only people who should generally love a California wealth tax are the ones who work in Texas and, and their economic development office. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's the point. Saying that saying that these people will move to Texas. Because if and, and that just points out, you know, another part of what I was talking about, and that is, all right, they have assets that are in stock. Well, until you liquidate that stock, it's not realized. And if you were to, let's say, invest a bunch of money into, I don't know, cryptocurrency. And then some kid by the name of, well, I'm sorry, not name, but initials SBF decides he's going to go one direction while you want it to go another direction. Or uh, some uh, pseudoscientist by the name of Elizabeth Holmes starts a company and you think, oh, man, this is a great startup. I'm going to put a bunch of money in there. The point is, is that it happens all the time where people throw money at, at things. They invest in things. But until you turn that money or to turn that stock into money, it is not realized. Oh. It is not. You may say, well, it's wealth, well, but wealth, it could go tomorrow. Wealth isn't realized, though. Right. Isn't profit realized? But they seem not to care about that because you can ask a question. Let's say the stock price, you know, you've, you've got stock at $100 a share and you've got mm-hmm. 1,000 shares and it's worth a particular value. Mm-hmm. That year, are you judged and taxed by that particular wealth? 
that has never been realized. And the next year, you're also taxed on that wealth. Whatever the stock is, it's not realized. Once you finally realize it, you may make a much lower profit, but you're taxed on the non-realized wealth. Right. And in January, it was worth $1,000, but in December, it was worth a dollar. You take where, an average of it? Where do you tax it? 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. The other thing is, too, it's a tax system, uh, the, the the wealth tax and that's being proposed in California, which, again, gets the government uh, always in an adversarial relationship with the citizen yeah. on a consistent basis, yeah. where you go through every single thing in their life. And arbitrarily, when you look at wealth, wealth is can be defined as in many different ways. Income, sales tax, whatever, are specific amounts that you can actually quantify where wealth is not. And we'll get more into this coming up here. One of the reasons I'm against the the wealth tax. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 